Wow. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Cloudy just says, I'll take care of business right here. You give me this long to catch my breast, I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. Well, you're going to make some mistakes in the course of a football game, but don't make a mistake against Jadavian Clowney. He'll ruin your day. This is Locked On Gamecocks. Matt Smith here with you. And look, not a lot of great news from over the weekend for South Carolina, but Frank Martin has his team still in a position if they take care of business down the stretch where they can get an NCAA berth despite the loss to LSU over the weekend and the baseball team. We'll get into why I'm still optimistic this team is going to be good by year's end. It was not good, however, over the weekend against Northwestern. Did have one offensive explosion, but it wasn't enough to win the series as South Carolina drops two of three to the Wildcats. No, that's not good enough, and we'll get into why it's not good enough, but I do think South Carolina is on the precipice of turning some of this around uh, as Mark Kingston continues to tinker with what this team is going to look like, who's going to be at each position, and how he's going to handle this pitching staff moving forward. And we'll be covering baseball, basketball, and football today on Locked On Gamecocks because we have got the first first-round pick in the history of South Carolina football, Rick Sanford, joining us, and he will be joining us often so, Rick, one of my best friends, we work together on Sports Talk, and he is a part of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, and he's going to talk to us today about just what it meant to him. We'll lay out, kind of give his bio a little bit, what it meant to him to be the first first-round pick in Gamecock football history, why he chose to go to South Carolina, whether he was a Gamecock fan growing up, and what he sees out of Mike Bobo's offense moving forward and what it means for who may play quarterback next season. So all that's ahead on today's Locked on Gamecocks podcast. So glad you're here with us. Please subscribe to us wherever you find your favorite podcast. We are going to be doing this every day for you. So we'll catch you up on the latest news for South Carolina. Any injury updates, remind you of the schedule, keep you up to date on, you know, things like South Carolina's placement in the baseball RPI, where they stand in the net ranking in basketball. We'll do all that for you here on Locked on Gamecocks, your team every day. And first, let's get into maybe a little of the bad news. Let's go back to Saturday. South Carolina falls to LSU and Frank Martin, a little bit grumpy about this one. But uh, the NCAA bid for South Carolina takes a bit of a hit. Uh, I don't know. The, the bubble is not completely burst by any means because as you look ahead on the schedule, South Carolina still has games, home games against Georgia and Mississippi State ahead, road games at Alabama and Vanderbilt. This time of year, admittedly, Alabama, Vanderbilt playing a little bit better. But also, you must remember, South Carolina, the better club. And Georgia has really struggled in conference play despite the upset they pulled over Auburn. Alabama pulled an upset recently over Buzz Williams at Texas A&M as well. And Mississippi State just beat South Carolina. So what do they need to do? Well, they need to straighten everything out 
And we'll hear from Frank Martin in just a moment as to those things that need to be straightened out. But just like the game against Mississippi State, South Carolina faced a really large deficit against LSU. And they they really were never quite in the game, but they did their defense kept them in it or brought them back, I should say, kind of in a rally uh, in the last few minutes. But not they didn't really shoot well enough uh, to beat LSU. Um, you know, South Carolina sometimes doesn't know who it is. Are they dumping the ball down to Mike Coatesar? Are they going to isolate for Jermaine Kuznard or A.J. Lawson? They don't know precisely who they are. You would think players with athletic ability like Kuznard, Lawson, and Keyshawn Bryant could attack the rim, draw fouls. That's not happening. But what concerns Frank Martin the most? The lack of discipline and not handling the little details in basketball that lead to wins in close games in conference play. Uh, disappointed in the outcome. Disappointed in uh, two games in a row where defensively our our attention to detail and and uh, discipline's been really really bad. Uh, it was really hard to prepare the team for today. Uh, we got home at three o'clock in the morning, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so on Thursday, you know, there's only so much you can do. Uh, so uh, uh, to deal with the physicality and the the style of play that they play with the five perimeter guys, uh, we uh, we basically could only uh, spend one day in trying to get ready for that. And you want to call that an excuse? You can call it whatever you want to call it. It's the bottom line. It's the truth. And uh, but with all that said, just disappointed in um, you know six months of practice. Uh, this time of year, you can't have uh, bad discipline and bad attention to detail uh, and win against teams that are as good as LSU. Well, you can tell Frank isn't too happy. But as I mentioned, South Carolina still finds itself in a position where they can make the NCAA tournament, but a lot of work to do. The next game, it's coming up Wednesday, Georgia at home, Colonial Life Arena, South Carolina, the better team. We'll dig more into that game on the next two episodes of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Right now, we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Mark Kingston after his team was unable to win the series against Northwestern. We'll hear from Coach Kingston, and I'll tell you why I'm still optimistic. South Carolina's baseball team is a regional team this year. That's coming up on your team every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, this is the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. This is the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, and South Carolina dropped two of three to Northwestern over the weekend. North Florida is up next, an ASUN team. Now, they can usually bring some talent because they recruit that Florida area, talent rich in baseball, and North Florida is a pretty good club, finished above 500, but out of the top 100 in baseball RPI last season. They're just two and four this season as they were swept by Rutgers after taking two of three from VMI. So this is another team, midweek test for South Carolina. They're the better club. Uh, They're going to throw the better arm. 
But what bothers Mark Kingston right now, the self-inflicted wounds. South Carolina has scored enough runs to be better than 5-2 and two so far this series uh, season. You hate to lose a series, especially when you know, again, Northwestern's a team uh, that finished outside the top 100 in RPI a season ago. They don't get to practice outside that often in Evanston before the season begins. Uh, so it's not a team that should be crisp and playing in midseason form when they make their Southern sweep in February. And Mark Kingston just a little beside himself right now with the self-inflicted wounds and what he feels is unacceptable in uh, walking guys and giving up opportunities. And how you've got to win close ball games and you don't do it with free passes and lack of attention to detail. Wish we would have won. Some things that went on in that game that would have caused us to win and some self-inflicted wounds late that caused us to lose. So uh, it's a new team that is learning, uh, you know, that Friday night and tonight, close games need to be won and there's certain things that need to be done to win these games and we'll learn them uh, as we go. You want to win when you learn these lessons. Um, but I hope this one stings for them and uh, they're a captive audience as we continue to teach them how to win. They know that we're not going to panic. They know that we're not going to stray from what wins and loses. So I just reminded them what wins games and I reminded them why we lost today. It's as simple as that. So you can tell Mark Kingston frustrated right now. And he should be because this is a team that has all of the makings. It's not a problem of approach necessarily, but some bad swings South Carolina has taken. They've been fooled a little bit. And offensively, Mark Kingston wants to see them hit the fastball better. Part of his philosophy is hunting fastballs, forcing opposing pitchers to come to you. You kind of, you know, they call it sit dead red. And when you work the count in your favor and you've got a fastball count and you get fastballs you can handle and Northwestern pitchers this weekend, yes, it was it was cold. It was cold out there, not the best hitting conditions. But when they were running it up there, they were not throwing overpowering fastballs. And this team, it's just a lack of focus, maybe a lack of discipline. They're not quite locked in. And that's what Mark Kingston wants to see change offensively. And I think that actually will change. But here's Mark Kingston on the Gamecock offense so far this season? Uh, I want to be better, uh, and I think we will be better. Um, guys just missed too many fastballs today, in, in my opinion. Uh, a guy they threw had pretty good stuff and, and good feel and mixed his pitches and was up to 93, but I, I just think that we're a team that, that should hit the fastball better than we did when we had the opportunities, and, and we will. So, Mark Kingston, he's right about everything he says, but I think, I think he is – optimistic about where this offense will land and so am I and North Florida's ahead and Clemson now the thing about Clemson yes they're seven and zero. yes they have been one of the best teams in college baseball this year but that's been all pitching they have not been overpowering anybody with their lineup scoring just three runs a game so South Carolina has an opportunity to match up pitcher for pitcher it's going to be Carmen Majinski against Sam Weatherly uh, in the first game again at Founders Park and the other good news for South Carolina Game two's at Segra Park, so two of the games are in Columbia this year before the Gamecocks make that trek to Clemson. But that's all ahead. You've got to take care of North Florida first. But I think this is not necessarily the team that you're seeing right now is not going to be the team throughout the season. 
Mark Kingston still tinkering with this just a little bit. He's going to find the right mix offensively. And there are some good signs. Yes, this team is striking out too much right now. Probably trying to do too much at the plate. Everybody's trying to win their position in the lineup. South Carolina hitting just 278 as a team, but the pitching has been really good overall. Yes, too many free passes, but that's going to sort itself out as well because if you give up free passes late in the game out of the bullpen the way South Carolina did against Northwestern, you simply won't pitch on the weekend in big moments. And that's what and Mark Kingston is going to identify which arms he can trust in the back end of that bullpen. So I think that's going to clean itself up. And look, South Carolina is reaching base at a 418 clip. Now, they probably won't be able to keep that up because they face some teams like Presbyterian, uh, even like Northwestern, did throw the best pitchers against them. Uh, but South Carolina, as they move forward, they're doing a pretty good job of working counts, hunting fastballs. They've just missed them so far. I don't think that will happen throughout the season. I think this is a team that's going to hit with a little bit more pop as the weather starts to warm up. That batting average will rise. I think the on-base percentage actually will come down because for a team, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, continue to reach base at at nearly 42%. But I think they're going to hit probably better than 278 um, as a club this year. Uh, And I think the power numbers are going to come up as well. Some key guys have struggled a little bit. And then you've had a few guys like Wes Clark that's been a little bit, a little bit, uh, all or or nothing. I mean, yes, his his batting average is up there at 333. He's got an insane slugging percentage at 905. But he hasn't hit the good pitchers that they face. But he's got four home runs. So he's not going to be able to do that all the time in conference play. But everybody's going to settle in, find their role. You've seen Noah Campbell do that, doing a really nice job this season. His on-base percentage is at 464. So South Carolina, what do they need to do? Identify a few guys, find a leadoff hitter that's going to be consistent, get everybody in their roles, and I think this is going to be a better offensive club than it was a season ago. But, yes, not a good performance over the weekend against Northwestern. They've got to clean all those things up against North Florida in the midweek and then heading to Clemson. You don't have to win two of three against Clemson, but I know Gamecock fans, that's an important series, and South Carolina wants to play well. It's time to be more consistent offensively and identify the arms in the bullpen. Once that happens, then South Carolina will start stacking up wins and we'll start talking about NCAA regionals and where they fit in to the SEC mix clearly the best baseball conference in the country. All right, so we've covered baseball and basketball with you today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. How about football? How about Rick Sanford, the first first first-round pick in Gamecock football history? We'll introduce you to Rick because he's going to be a part of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast on a near daily basis as we as we move forward. And we're going to get Rick's thoughts on Mike Bobo, that offense, and how quickly it might coalesce for South Carolina next season. And how quickly does it need to coalesce? We'll ask Rick that when we come back. It's your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Gamecocks.
This is the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank you for staying with us. Be sure to subscribe to us. We are at Google, Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you find Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, I told you we were going to get into football with Rick Sanford. First, first round pick in Gamecocks history. And let's talk to Rick quickly. I want to give you a little background as to who he is and why that meant so much to him. So we asked him, being the first first first-round pick in Gamecock football history, how did that grab you, man? Uh, What kind of honor was that for you? And did it have a special meaning? Were you a Gamecock fan growing up? You know, the biggest honor I think I've ever been bestowed, though, was, you know, being the first first first-round draft pick out of the University of South Carolina in football. Yeah, I did grow up a Gamecock fan, really. And um, but you know, when it came time to uh, decide on where I was going to go to school, I had numerous schools recruiting me, including Clemson. Uh, I was offered a scholarship to play football there as well. And um, you know, Georgia, I was offered a dual scholarship and and football and basketball, as well as at Wake Forest football and basketball. So um, uh, I was so very proud of that, though. To come to South Carolina and play for Jim Carlin for four years and, um, you know, be the first defensive back selected uh, in the in the NFL draft that year. Also, there was only one in the first round, and that was me. Uh, so I was, I was very thrilled by that as well. So that is the past. That's Rick Sanford. And, of course, he ended up playing seven years in the NFL, six with the Patriots, one with the Seattle Seahawks, still a big Patriots fan. We'll get into that a little bit tomorrow but right now let's stay focused on what's going to happen with South Carolina and 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 Rick's thoughts on the new offensive staff the juggling going on there especially with Mike Bobo coming in so you know that what quarterback may suit this new system Uh, we saw Ryan Helensky last season playing as a true freshman so we saw the tremendous potential we saw the arm talent for Ryan Helensky but also some inaccuracy uh, some of the performances were uneven. Maybe he wasn't always locked in with what the offense was doing. So what's going to happen now with Mike Bobo coming in? What do you see at the position with the new offense? Uh, Halinski's skill set versus incoming freshman Luke Doty. Well, I think, uh, you know, you go back to his performance last year. I, I think you're pretty accurate uh, on his performance now. You know, that has a lot of facets, like you said. I mean, you've got to have people that block up front for you. You've got to have receivers running correct routes. And you've got to deliver the football on time and, and, and accurately. I don't know that he did all that at, at times last year, uh, but he was a true freshman. I will, you know, I have to give him some slack for that. Yes, he was a heralded player. I get that and all. But uh, you still got to have a lot of things go right for you. Uh, to come in as a uh, a freshman quarterback and uh, and perform, so um, I, I would agree pretty much with what your assessment is on his performance. Now with Luke Doty coming in and and um, the 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 idea of what they're going to try to do on offense, Doty seems to be uh, more of a wide open quarterback than um, Linsky does. Linsky seems to be more of a pocket passer guy. Uh, with the offense that I think they're going to run, it might favor Helensky a little bit more. But Doty might have more skill set uh, in terms of running the football than, than Helensky does. So it's going to be interesting to me to see how they're going to size both these quarterbacks up and see how they're going to utilize them 
uh, in the coming season. I mean, who's going to win the starting job? Um, and will will Luke Doty, if he doesn't win the starting job, uh, be be redshirted? Uh, my anticipation would be that if they can get off to a good start this year, that uh, Doty uh, may play in you know some of the games, or they'll try to keep him under four games and and possibly try to redshirt him. Uh, if he doesn't win the starting job. But uh, I would have to agree with you. I, I don't think Helensky is a shoe-in by any stretch of the imagination to uh, win the starting job because I think Helensky, I mean, Doty will bring a pretty good skill set, and he, he's a he's a fine athlete, and we know he can run the football. So, uh, And that's something I think Helensky can run, but I don't think he's got that type of skill set. Well, now. Let's talk about where the Gamecocks are. There have been a lot of first-round picks in between you and now. And as we look forward, though, to South Carolina, coming off a really rough year, so that led to a lot of coaching changes. And you're, you, know, you and I do sports talk together, and you called for South Carolina to return to you know, running the football a little bit more as a priority, maybe using tight end fullbacks. Well, the prescription for that is Mike Bobo. So Will Muschamp kind of went back to – one of his old friends went back to his Georgia roots. So how do you think it works, and will it work fast enough to help Will Muschamp? Does it work in one year? Well, that's a good day. I think that's a million-dollar question, Smitty, um, you know, as to whether South Carolina is, is – what are they really going to do uh, on offense? Um, I th- we think they're going to run a pro-style offense and probably do some variations uh, in the passing game off of that. If you go back and look at Mike Bobo's history – uh, that's pretty much what they've done. But um, I'm going to be interested to see um, if they're going to be able to be more innovative than they were on their offense last year. I do think that uh, it can work. Now, you know, the, the schedule early on sets up good for South Carolina uh, where they could win, you know, four or five, six games, uh, you know, out, out the box. But, um, you know, it's going to get tougher and tougher as the season rolls along. So you can't afford any any – um, slip-ups like you did against North Carolina this year. Well, and they are going to utilize tight ends. So I guess the other part of the question is, are the pieces there? Well, I guess they're going to try to find that out in spring football. I'm sure they've tried to research it already. And, uh, you know, if they're going to transform themselves into a, a running team that will, you know, throw the football off of off of that, uh, that's what I mean by pro style. I think it's it's going to be more of a – um, a running attack, uh, I think, uh, than it is going to be a passing attack. I think they've got, you know, the Lloyd kid coming in from uh, uh, Maryland who, if he can run the football, I expect big things out of him. Uh, we've seen some video on him, and he looks like he's a dynamic player. So, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see. They're, they're going to have to slow the, slow the game down a little bit with this offense, and that's probably a good thing. The real question to me is, how tough are their offensive linemen? Are they going to be able to, to uh, do the things that they need to do to run the football? Because the, the offensive line blocking is definitely going to change. Uh, when you're in that wide open set, what they had this year, uh, and running all, you know, as fast as you can up there to the line of scrimmage and trying to get plays off, it, it's demanding and it's tough. And, and, and you, know, you're, you don't have to be that physical uh, up front. With this new uh, set that they're talking about running, I believe uh, it's going to require some physicality up front. And I just don't know if they have that. And we'll be interested to see that. Well, also, Rick, you got the rare opportunity to sit down 
with Will Muschamp following the season. A 30-minute interview. What did you take away from Coach Muschamp after the season? Maybe how he changed uh, in terms of the, the way he answered some questions because when you're in the midst of it in the season, uh, there's certain things you can't say, but he was willing to say after the season to you. So what did you take away from it both in terms of the, the way he answered questions and because you were there in person with him, body language and just overall attitude toward last season and then how he sees the program moving forward? Well, I think the biggest thing that, that I got out of that interview was that he wasn't satisfied. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, he took a lot of criticism, uh, I think, throughout the year. Yes, some of it was probably warranted. Uh, but some of it was, you know, just fans being fans also, I think. So um, I, one of the things that I, I think that I gathered from him was that he wants to win. I mean, obviously he wants to win. You have to keep your job. Uh, you, you're going to have to win football games. Uh, I do think that he was very disappointed uh, that he didn't go to a bowl game this year. And um, uh, I, I do look for that to change. I think there will be more emphasis uh, put on um, – um uh, preparation uh, you might say in terms of mental preparation with players because uh i think sometimes you look back on their season this year and yes you can say that their offense wasn't very good and you know you can say a lot of things about this football team but i was struck smitty in that looking at the preparation on their offense at times just didn't look good and so i do think that you know the bringing in mike bobo uh, is going to change things around. I hear he's a, a very driven guy with players, and I hope he is because I know Will Muschamp is. Um, you know, I think players respond, and you know, the biggest response that a player has is is what they call lack of playing time. Uh, so uh, you best uh, perform, or there'll be a lack of playing time. And I do hope that will carry forward this year uh, with South Carolina. 